millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to 31 Days of Terror 2023, day number 28. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Jen. The spooky goings on that I experienced took place in the new year 2023. My husband and I went to spend the holiday with his parents, who live in a beautiful house by the sea on the north coast of Scotland. Their house is an old bothy, with a new house built onto it. It's had extensive work done to it, so you can't really tell that it was a little bothy at all. They live in the new part of the building and rent out the bothy side as a self-catering holiday let. However, it being New Year, nobody had booked it, so my husband and I were free to stay in it for the few days that we were visiting. I had been in it before at one point to help clean it, and had always gotten a bit of an eerie feeling from it. Something inexplicable that made me feel like I was being watched. But staying in it overnight was a new experience entirely. On the morning after our first sleep there, my husband woke first. He got up and went for a shower and said that I should have a wee sleep in and I happily obliged. But what felt like seconds later, after I heard the shower turn on downstairs, I woke with a start. It felt as though ice cold water had been thrown all over my face. My initial thought was that my husband had played a little practical joke on me and thrown water in my face to wake me up. But I threw my hands up to see if my face was wet and found it perfectly dry. The next night, as we were getting in bed, I switched off the side light. I must preface this by telling you that for safety reasons, my father-in-law had put in plug-in little motion sensor night lights as the floor is polished wood and quite slippy, and the main light switch is quite far from the bed. We lay in bed, drifting off, when the night lights suddenly started to go on and off, and on and off, and on and off, as if someone was pacing back and forth and stopping at the foot of the bed. We were both suitably freaked out. I asked my husband if he could go and unplug it, but he didn't want to get out of bed, and neither did I. After a few minutes, I took a deep breath and reached for the switch for the side light. I flicked it on, but it didn't come on. This forced me to get out of bed in the dark to unplug this thing. However, I knew unplugging it wouldn't mean whatever it was wasn't there anymore, which left a horrible feeling in my stomach. I did it as quick as I could and then dove back into bed with him. We both lay there awake, waiting for something to happen. It never did and we eventually fell asleep. The next morning I went to switch the side light on and it worked without fault. That day I decided to ask my father-in-law about the history of the house and who had had it before they did. Apparently an old woman lived there, who tragically had fallen off the edge of the nearby cliff trying to save her dog, who had just gone over and into the sea. She fell into the sea with it and died. 
I can only imagine how cold she must have felt splashing into the sea, perhaps as cold as the water that splashed onto my face that morning. We still had one more night to stay in the bothy and I was dreading it. So before bed I decided to speak to the room. I let whoever or whatever was there know that we meant no harm and that we would be out of their way very soon and if they wouldn't mind us being there for one more night we would be very grateful. I also said out loud that anyone who would go to such lengths to save their dog is a wonderful person who deserves peace and that after we had gone home for the day there would be peace again. We weren't bothered that night at all. Each time I visit my in-laws now I leave a few dog treats by the fireplace in the bothy as a sign of respect for someone who loved their dog so much that they would jump off of a cliff to save them. We don't often get stories of bothies, but when we do, hook them to my veins. If you're new around here or if you're dipping in and out of episodes and you don't know what a bothy is, a bothy is a Scottish word for a little teeny tiny stone cottage that's generally in the middle of the highlands, in the middle of nowhere. And a bothy is an old cottage that is now used for hikers or whatever those kind of people outdoorsy people to spend the night if they are out on the highlands for whatever reason and I mean like they're just it's basically a lot of them are just a little stone structure and there'd be no furniture or anything in them you know what I mean they're not fancy but of course as in this instance there are going to be people who did live in Bothies for a very long time and they have been updated or renovated or redecorated and there are lots of famous stories about haunted bothies and we did a whole episode episode number 74 which is called Scottish Bothy and it is all about haunted bothies in Scotland and I think there is also an uncanny episode that is all about a haunted Scottish bothy. It's so weird that that feeling of water being thrown on your face or splashed on your face was so real and visceral that you thought it was your husband playing a joke on you and lifted your hand to your face to dry it and it was already dry. And when you got to that bit at the end where you were like, maybe that feeling of cold water was similar to the feeling of cold water that was splashed on my face that morning. Shut the front door. And maybe it is this lovely little old woman who lived in the Bothy before, who, you know, died really suddenly and unexpectedly and in this really tragic circumstances... And maybe she was really proud of her little cottage and where she lived. And maybe she's like, why are these people in my house? Because whatever you saw and felt in that house, it doesn't seem to be very threatening. Frightening, yes, obviously, but not particularly threatening. And I do think it's such a lovely thing to do to acknowledge that and to say, hey, we're here for a short period of time. We absolutely respect you in your space and to leave little dog treats as well. That, that made my heart sing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And story number two comes from Felicia. I live in California with my husband Derek and my three children. My daughter and husband are super sensitive to spirits, but this time I had experiences as well. When the kids were younger, we moved near the San Francisco East Bay area, and it was hard to find a home immediately. So I was happy when we finally found a house in our price range that we could rent. We signed the lease and moved in quickly, excited to begin our new life. The landlord showed up the next day with additional disclosures to sign, and when I read the paper, it was a notification of a death in the house that she forgot to have us sign earlier. Apparently the original owner who built the house in the 60s and lived there until he died less than a year before in this same house. But it didn't really matter at the time. I didn't understand why she had to tell me anything about the last people that were living there. What was important was that my kids were settled and we could grow from here. Unfortunately, the excitement was short-lived. The weird stuff started when we were there a few weeks and the new puppy we brought home was extremely agitated and would bark at the ceiling and puppy howl into the den at nothing. There would never be anything there and we joked and said, oh, he must see a ghost. But one day my daughter and the dog sat in the den and he started barking towards the empty kitchen. And when my daughter looked over, not expecting to see anything, she actually saw a big man with a bald head in a dark shadow standing there. That's when I walked in the front door to see my daughter's shocked face and to the dog howling barks at me and the apparition was gone. I told him that it was just me. That continued for weeks, my daughter seeing things in the hallway and the dog barking into the blackness. I told my friend at work and she said I should have cleansed the new house before I moved in, but that I could still do it now. So she gave me the cleansing tools and I waited until everyone was gone and I opened the windows and said prayers and asked them to move on to heaven. Well, that didn't work and I don't think he appreciated me telling him to move. The activity just got worse. My daughter would come to me and tell me that someone was saying shh in her ear like they wanted her to be quiet and her bedroom door started to lock her inside the room. I would hear her yelling for help and I would go to her room and would not be able to open it. I guessed the lock was old and would lock accidentally so we just took it off. But we also had that problem to the bathroom door. My oldest son would often get stuck in the bathroom, so he finally one day had to dismantle the door handle in order to get out. The next day we purchased a new knob, and as he put the new one on the door, out of nowhere, we heard three loud bangs, like someone hit the wall with a bat or a big fist. I ran towards the bangs as my daughter ran out of her room and said her stuff came off the wall, and that the banging was from the kitchen. We never found the reason for the sound since no one was in the kitchen and there were no signs of where they came from. I read that three bangs can represent an opening of a ghost portal. I thought that I'd really made this old man mad and he wanted his house back. One night my daughter slept in her room with the door ajar with no doorknob and she woke up to see her door moving and she saw a set of fingers holding the door from the outside closing it up. She never slept in that room again. The very next night she dragged her little twin mattress into her brother's room and the dog and her slept in there with her big brothers for the remainder of the time that we were there. 
once she moved out of her room, things got even worse. She told me that she could see the shadows of people having a party in the hallway when she looked under the door from inside her brother's room as she laid there at night. But there was no one up at the time. And my husband and I started having the misfortune of our television turning on multiple times at night and the remote was always sitting on the nightstand. I was trying to make him feel better and said that it was just wiring. I didn't want him to know that I thought the house was haunted. I even suggested that we just unplug the TV and he calmly said, no, because if it turns back on after that, then I will have to leave. That let me know that he believed all the things I had been saying and that I could possibly talk about what I thought was going on. The TV problems were not consistent, which was great, but on the nights when the TV would stay off, I would wake up to hear voices. There were two people talking near the bathroom door in our bedroom. I couldn't make out the words and it didn't seem scary. I was listening closely to see if I could understand what they were saying. It would be night after night for a few weeks that I would wake up to this. I would close my ears to make sure the room would go silent, but when I would move my hands away, I could still hear them talk, so it wasn't in my head. The final thing that happened, and the event that made us leave after only five months of living there, was when my husband was possessed by one of them. He started to feel sick and looked out of his mind. I found him sitting on the edge of our bed and he said he didn't feel good and he was dizzy. Then he fell back on the bed yelling in pain with a grimace on his face, holding his head and saying, Who is saying that? Then he looked into the corner and said, Is that the devil? Then said, No, because he said we are the new Mary and Joseph and we need to take care and do the right thing. And then he jumped up and said, I've got to tell the kids. I jumped up and held the door and I said, no, you won't be talking to the kids now. I'd never seen him like this, almost like it wasn't him, I hate to say. We both stood silent at the bedroom door and he said, your Aunt Mary said you would say that. My Aunt Mary had died eight or more years earlier and he didn't know her enough to say her name out of the blue. He finally settled down and went to sleep. The next morning, I asked how he was feeling, and he said, When are we moving out of this haunted house? That's all I needed to hear. I'll start looking now, I said. Felicia, it sounds like you and your family had a pretty grim time in that house. And I'm really sorry that all of you had to go through that, because how deeply unpleasant. I actually didn't think that estate agents, landlords, whatever, had to you know, give you a notification if somebody died in the house. I didn't I didn't think that was a thing. Although I feel like we've had this conversation on the podcast a bazillion times before. But can you let me know if people are obliged to tell you if somebody has died in their house? Because I think I'd be like you, Felicia. I'd be like, I don't I don't really care. Like it doesn't matter. What's important is that we're living in the house now and I want somewhere nice for the kids to grow up. You know, I wouldn't really I don't think it would bother me that somebody had died in the house and I don't think I'd particularly want to know either way. But it sounds like it is unfortunately very relevant because his death was so recent. So he had died less than a year before in that same home. He had built the house in the 60s and lived there until he died. Was he just not able to manage having a new family in the house? And was he actively trying to drive you guys out? It also sounds like the haunting was initially kind of directed towards your children, which maybe would suggest that this this man who lived in the house until he died, built it in the 60s, didn't want children knocking around his house, especially when they're like 
you know, when when he, they're hearing people go shh in their ear like they're being too loud and your daughter getting locked in her room. But let me tell you that description of your daughter waking up to see a set of fingers holding the door from the outside, closing it up. Oh, you best believe I wouldn't be sleeping in that room again either. She did the right thing. I'd be like, I don't care who sleeps in this room with me, but I'm not sleeping here on my own. And it just sounds like it was constant from TVs turning on and off, the sounds of knocking, to hearing voices at nighttime having a conversation. I mean, all of it sounds absolutely petrifying. And then obviously, finally, what happened to your husband? I'm just glad you got out of that house. And I'd love to know if people lived there afterwards and if they had experiences and oh it'd be interesting to know if um if other people left in the same time frame or other people had difficulties there thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to jen and felicia for sending in your stories remember if you would like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com you can also check out the website real life ghost stories podcast.com and if you are desperate for some extra spooky content you can subscribe to the patreon that is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note i shall see you tomorrow 